Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcasts globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. We cover topics from trading to investing, as well as wealth creation to ensure you can achieve your financial goals. Because as we always say, lifestyle matters. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. If you'd like more information about our government accredited courses or to watch more analysis of the stocks in this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the market report videos under the Learning Centre. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. This month, Latitude Financial launches its bid to float on the Australian market. In this report, we will look at this company and whether they will match the stellar growth of Buy Now and Pay Later companies, Afterpay and Z1P. Hello and welcome to this week's Australian Stock Market Report. I'm Dale Gillam, Chief Analyst at Wealth Within, and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Now, before we move on, remember to show your support for the channel and hit that subscribe button just down there. It's a big red one. And remember to click on the bell on the right of it so you keep up to date with our latest videos. Also, remember to tune into our Australian Stock Market Show live every Tuesday, 7 to 8 p.m. Australian Daylight Savings Time. This is a show where you get to ask Ask the Stock Market and Trading Experts to look at your favorite stocks and answer all of your most burning questions. With the success over recent times of Afterpay and Z1P, we've seen an increasing number of companies enter the buy now, pay later space in order to capture this increasing demand for these payment services. With Afterpay rising over 200% and Z1P rising over 800% in the last two years, investors have scrambled to gain their slice of the action. Given this, it's not surprising that Latitude Financial is launching an initial public offering or IPO this month but the question is whether this company's float can match that stellar growth of the others. Let's first look into the landscape of buy now and pay later. The traditional financing market is feeling the impact from the growth of buy now, pay later companies, as it is overtaking credit cards as the preferred method of payment by younger shoppers. In fact, millennials are the leading users of these short-term loans, with almost half having already used buy now, pay later services whilst almost 90% are aware of buy now, pay later. This disruption to traditional finance is changing the way consumers approach credit, and in my opinion, this area will continue to grow as it just makes sense for those using the services. Now, they can be or seem to be cheaper than credit cards and can relieve the hassle of being caught short when you need something before payday. There is no question that this $903 million industry is on the rise, with an increasing number of competitors entering the space. So can Latitude match Afterpay's growth? Well, in my view, Latitude Financial is well positioned for growth as it has a long history of building a successful payments, instalments and lending business. Latitude is backed by Varde Partners, KKR and Deutsche Bank and have transitioned from GE Money into what they are today. Basically, they are and have been for a long time very good at what they do. 
Currently, Latitude have 2.6 million customers and support more than 1,900 merchant partners across Australia and New Zealand, with the merchant base quite powerful given that it can deliver a strong acquisition channel. So is this IPO attractive? Well, Latitude is issuing shares to the value of 35% of the company at a price of between $2 and $2.25 a share. On a market capitalization basis, this will value the company at between $3.5 and $4 billion. The price represents a price earnings ratio of between 12 and 14 times, which in my opinion makes the asking price a little bit high, but still reasonable. The business model of Latitude Financial is where its strength lies. It is quite promising for the future. When combined with the expected growth profile of the buy now, pay later area, it makes Latitude an attractive proposition. That said, whether this stock reaches the heights of the afterpay is not certain given its issue price and the fact that the buy now, pay later market is more mature now. Let's now get into the top and bottom performing sectors and stocks. Looking at the sectors on the Australian market, most were relatively flat last week before rising strongly on Friday. Healthcare and communication services sectors were the standouts rising around 3% for the week, with information technology and industrials rising around 2%. Energy and consumer discretionary only just rose for the week, whilst financials, after being down earlier in the week, came back to close up around 1%. Looking at the stocks in the ASX Top 100, Aurora was up over 9% after announcing a deal to sell its Australasian fibre business to Nippon Paper on Thursday. Surprisingly, Cleanaway was up around 7% after agreeing to buy failed recycler SKM. Zero and CYBG were also up around 7% for the week. The worst performers include Flight Centre, which took a dive trading down over 10% on fears of profit downgrades due to global unrest. Financial stocks Magellan and AMP also fell around 5%. So what do I expect in the market moving forward? Well, let's get into the charts for our S&P 500, All Ordinaries Index update for the week. We'll also answer your questions and look at the stocks you've chosen for me. Well, last week was an interesting week. We had a bit of a tale of two parts there with the market being flat and down a little bit earlier in the week, but uh, it did come back nicely on Friday, rising strongly. And, and that really is, I won't say a sucker's rally, but a lot of uh, investors get caught in the market um, momentum, I suppose. If you want to call it all emotions, is probably a better way of actually saying it. But let's have a quick look at the charts and see what's going on on the All Ordinaries Index. Now, on the screen at the moment, I've actually got a monthly chart on the All Ordinaries Index, just to really show you the bigger picture. Because often we get bombarded with just the news in terms of the news every day. It says the Dow's up, the Dow's down, the Aussie's up, the Aussie dollar's down, you know, the Australian stock market's up, it's down again. And really, when you look at one day, you're not really seeing that big picture that I talk about. And if we look here at these last sort of months, and we've got looking at here is this June 2019, the market closed at 6699 points. Now, it closed here at 6721 points, not much higher uh, than it was in June. So we've had this move up into a new high at 6958 and it's come back down. So we've really gone sideways for one, two, three, really three and a bit months here. And this is really showing me the market hasn't been going anywhere. So it's not overly bullish because it's not going up, but it's also not bearish because it's not going down, even though we've had a lot of people and a lot of conjecture about how 
know, all the bearish news around the world about Europe and America and a whole range of places. And it is interesting, and it doesn't matter what time it is. You know, during, before the GFC high in, October, in um, 2007, I've been saying, saying for 12 months or, or more that the market is going to make a high and it's going to have a big fall. It's going, to, it's going to crash. And I was talking about that and nobody believed me. Everybody was telling me about how this great, all this great information was out there and all the great economy was out there and all sorts of other things. It happened, I did the same thing before the tech wreck. I was saying to people what was going on. And it's constant there that a lot of the people or I would say the ignorant people or the uninformed people are telling me all these sorts of things that are contrary to what my thinking is on the marketplace. So I'm, I have a very contrarian view. And it's because they believe a lot of this stuff. Now, to me, if the market is going to crash or everybody knows the market's going to crash, then everybody who thinks that is not investing in the market. And if they were invested in the market, they'd be out of the market. They'd be taking all their money out. And our market's not crashing. And that's what I'm saying. It's not moving down, even though I'm constantly getting people telling me the market's terrible. You know, we've got high debt levels, unemployment's rising. This is happening. This is happening around Europe, Asia, America, China, and all these bad news. And yet our market is staying very well placed at this point in time. So yes, we are going to go down, but we're not going to go down a lot. So let's go and now look at the weekly chart of the All Ordinaries Index. And it is interesting that I get more uninformed people or uneducated people in the market telling me, um, completely the opposite thinking that I have on the marketplace. But you can see on the weekly chart, it's a little bit different. Now, I was showing you back from June last year, which is around about here. So you can see it's moved up down through this 25% retracement down to this sort of level here, uh, which is the lowest point we've seen in the past couple of months. So that 6476. We've had one, two, three, four weeks up. Um, and then one, two weeks where it closed low. And then this is last week here. So it moved up nicely. And you see these sorts of little moves. Now, it'll be interesting to see what actually happens. If this thing keeps moving up this week and it breaks that high, or sorry, not that high there, that I've got that uh, six, uh, what is it, 6883 points, uh, then the bull run will, will be starting again and then we'll break the all-time high and continue to go. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think we're going to get some downward move this week. I think it'll fall over. It, it may be we're going to have that low somewhere in this area here, somewhere before the end of October. So here we're at the obviously starting the week of the 14th of October. So I think our low is going to happen somewhere between next week or the week after. And then it'll turn and start to move up very early into November. We're going to be rising right through to Christmas. And again, down to that 6,400 points or down to that 6,200 points is where it'll wash out. But it'll be a quick move down over the next one to two weeks and then back being bullish. Again, if you do own stocks, just have stop losses on it. That's really all you need to do is have your stop losses on the stocks. Um, and if you've got that, you're protecting your downside. And that's why people panic is... They think the market's going to crash. I don't care whether the market goes up or down. It's because I have a plan for that. If it goes down, I exit stocks. If it goes up, I stay with the stocks. It's pretty simple, and it doesn't need to be more difficult than that. Um, if you're unsure about what's going on or how to manage your portfolio, then just get my book, Accelerate Your Wealth. It's your money, your choice. You can get it online, get it on bookstores, get it off our website, uh, whatever you like, but it'll help you understand why you don't need to be concerned right now about the market, even if it does crash you're not going to lose your money. And we had that with the GFC. So many people who read my first book, um, How to Beat the Managed Funds by 20%, they constantly were emailing me saying they missed the whole GFC. How'd you like that to happen? 
So if you're one of these people that are worried about the market, just buy my book, $30, it's the best investment you're gonna make in yourself. So let's now go and look at the questions that I've got for this week from you or you've given me and the stocks that you want me to look at. Okay, the first question that I've got is from Mark and he, um, he asked thoughts on S32. So um, I'd like a little bit more information, Mark, but uh, I get gather what you're asking me to just look at S32, but I'd love to know if you're asking me a question, tell me whether you own or do you don't own it, what are your thoughts on it. Uh, that really does help me understand your thinking of where you're coming from. But let's go and have a look at the chart of S32 for Mark. And as you can see, on the left, you've got a monthly chart. On the uh, right, you've got a weekly chart. S32 just looks bearish. It, you, you can ask an eight-year-old this. It does look bearish. It doesn't look like it's going to do very, very well. Um, it was a great stock for many, many uh, months right through here. And it rose very, very strongly into that high into October. And if you look at, uh, if I put my little tool on here you can see from this low back in January 2016 there's you know 400% so a lot of people love this stock um, through here and this is why you're getting this secondary action through here and that's what I was say, saying a little bit earlier the market drifts up a little bit um, in that secondary action it can be a sucker's rally and this was very much a sucker's rally a lot of people got in and the people that didn't buy in through this saw that S32 came down, and if I put my little tool on there, you can see it came down reasonable amount. So it came down nearly 30%, or not 30%, sorry, it's a bit too far there. Let me push that back up again. There we go. So it fell down, oh, let's, let me get rid of that and put a new one on. Um, there we go. Click onto here, if I can do this tool properly. There you go, it's nearly 30%, it fell just under 30%. So a lot of people that didn't buy in this earlier run jumped in here, but there wasn't enough of them to keep the price moving in a bullish direction. And the big end of town were selling all the way through here, and this is what's creating that topping type of pattern. Now it's moving down. Now what will happen are the people that bought in here and bought through here, they'll actually be selling now because they're starting to panic because this stock has now fallen since that high. If I show you here, it's now fallen 44.86%. If you bought in up around this high, you're now down around 40.84%. So once this low is broken here, uh, a low of $2.36, I think it's going to wash out and go a little bit further. But this is, you know, this is looking okay, but I think we might get one or two weeks up and for falling away. But right now, the pendulum is definitely bearish on this stock. I wouldn't be anywhere near this stock with my money right now. Would I be having it on my watch list? Of course I would. I'd always have it on my watch list because it's a great stock when it moves up. Right now, it's moving down. So let's now look at the next question I've got, and this one's a long question actually, it's from a, a gentleman called David Pham. He says, hi Dale, great video. I'm, I'm assuming he was talking about last week's video. Um, would you please share your thoughts on Speedcast or stock kick ticket code SDA? SDA. Currently lowest market cap in the S&P 200. I'm not sure why that's um, a good talking point, but anyway, it's in the S&P 200 and have dropped from uh, close close to $7 um, in August to now being $1. So we'll have a look at the chart on that from um, August, which year though, if it was this year, I'd be quite concerned going from $7 to $1. I currently purchased at $1.05 and was wondering whether you believe it's worth keeping or leaving. Um, I'm not sure why you purchased at $1.05 just because it fell to $1. Um, whether it, so he's saying whether it's worth keeping or leaving, trying to consider where its fair value is. Thank you. So interesting question that one. It's like uh, a lot of people do try and catch falling 
really nice. They see a stock fall heavily, um, and obviously going from $7 to $1 very, very heavily. And uh, right now, that would suggest to me not to even be in the stock. But let's go and have a look at uh, the chart of that. So I'll just click off S32 and get on to SDA or Speedcast. And looking at this, so um, he's bought in at around 105, which is uh, let me put my little thing on. So I'll actually go here. That's 105 is somewhere around about there. So you would have bought in somewhere around there or probably bought in on this bar. Right now, that's not telling me anything about whether this stock is really good or not. On this point in time, it's very, very much like S32. You can see how bearish it's been and since that high, if I click onto that, you can see it's fallen. 90%. Now, what a lot of times when a stock falls 90%, I'm not so suggesting it's going to fall 100% and it may not, but uh, it may not fall that thing. But what you'll often see is stocks move up and down and go sideways for quite a long time um, once they've fallen 90% in price. Do I think this is a good trade? No, I think it's a high risk trade. Um, do I think there are better options for you? Absolutely. But if you're um, buying simply because it fell down to a dollar and you're thinking, well, I'm just getting into it, you do need to have a strategy. I'd be putting a stop loss on that. So 15% below my buy price, I would just exit. Do I think there's got upside on this? It's not showing me there's upside on this at this point in time. Yeah. Next week, next month, my, I might change my opinion of whether it's got some upside, but right now I need to assume because it's been so bearish that it's either gonna do one or two things, be more bearish, or it's gonna go sideways and do nothing for quite a while because there's a reason why it's fallen 90% in price. The market don't like it. They don't like its prospects at the moment. And until they do, the big end of town starts looking at this stock. Um, I'm not gonna have my money anywhere near it. So it's about having some rules around the, the, what you're purchasing here. So is it fair value? I don't know. I'm not even looking at the fundamentals. I'm just looking at the technicals. Uh, the next question, but thanks for the thanks for that question. I think it was a great question to, to look at. And uh, obviously the stock is interesting in terms of telling a story as well. But the next question we got is from Courtney who says, hi, Dale and Janine, thanks for sharing your valuable knowledge. That's our pleasure, Courtney, and thanks for supporting us on the channel and sending a question in. So I love all the questions you're sending in. Um, Courtney goes on to say, can you please have a look at Telstra for me? Absolutely, we'll do that. Um, I bought a year ago at $3.06, and it hit a high of $4. Now, it's been tracking down since, and it's currently bobbing around just inside my 15% trailing stop loss. Um, if it does slide further, should I exit at my $3.39 price point? If that's your stop loss, there's no questions asked. That's what you do. So, you know, sometimes when I have new traders that I'm mentoring, um, our students that I'm mentoring, and they say, hey, Dale, you know, my stop loss has been hit. What should I do? And I said, the only answer you're ever going to get out of me if a stock has hit your stop loss is to follow your stop loss. Um, and I never change my opinion on that because stop loss is about stopping loss. That's what it's about. So it doesn't matter whether the stock rises tomorrow or next week or whatever else. Is All you need to do is you can't determine, determine how far the stock's going to fall with a high degree of accuracy, you know, with 100% accuracy. So all you're doing is getting out because you can always get back in later on if you choose to. Uh, and because brokerage is quite simple. So stop loss is exactly that. Let's stop the loss. And, and so if it does trigger your stop loss, I'm always going to say, take your stop loss uh, from that point of view. Um, but Courtney actually goes on to say, um, or give it a bit more room to move. You don't want to do that. Well, often people, it's an emotional thing. And I understand that. And when your stock's losing money and you've lost some of your capital, and that's what people think about, 
I've lost my capital. I'll wait till it gets back up to where I buy it and I'll sell it. You know, geez, I, you know, it's not a wrong decision to sell at a loss. It's really actually the best decision you can make. In fact, the more you learn how to sell at a loss, the more profits you're going to make. And I know that sounds like an oxymoron, but it really is true. It's that uh, there's an old saying that I teach traders is let profits run, cut losses short. If you're losing 50% on a stock because you give it a bit more room, what, let's say it falls away, and we'll have a look at the chart in a minute, but let's say it falls away even to 20 to 25%. The more it falls away, the harder it is for you to get back into profit again. If it falls 50%, you're going to make 100% to break even on that remaining capital. So that's what I'm talking about. So the, the shorter you keep your losses, the better your profit potential is. Now, there's a balance between too short on the losses, like a lot of people will put 5% stop loss, too tight. Um, you need to give it that room, but no more room than 15%. It's statistically proven that it's a really good place to place your stop loss. So, but uh, she's saying giving a bit more room during these volatile times in October. And then we'll look at the ch uh, stock in a second. She's saying thanks in advance for your input. We also had a question on Telstra from Lino Barton who asked, Hey Dale, I was just speculating on Telstra. I think 5G could be huge. Well, it could be huge too, matey, but it, we've got to make sure the price is going up because it, it's irrelevant whether 5G is going to be huge or not. It's whether the share price is going up or down. Um, he said, I looked at the price just now and it looks like it's starting an uptrend. Is it too early to say? So let's get onto the chart of Telstra and have a little bit of a look at where it is actually going. So let me put my glasses back on again and have a quick look at Telstra. Right now, this stock was has been really bullish since about July 2018. If I just scramble this up now, before I get onto that, all of this big period here from its all-time high up here. And that's not, sorry, that's not its all-time high. Let me grid the whole chart. Let me tell you a story. For many, many years, this stock fell away all the way down into here. So we had the all-time high right back here in February 1996, and it fell all the way down to this point here um, in November 2010 at 2.55. So a major, major pull. All the way through here, I kept telling, people kept telling me they were buying Telstra because of X, Y, and Z. It's paying good dividends. And I remember standing in Adelaide one day chatting to a guy, um, and he goes, I'm staying with Telstra. I go, why? And he goes, because they're putting services into country areas. And I said, so you're quite happy losing 30% because of putting things in country areas. I said, it's your money. What are you actually doing? And it kept falling away. And and constantly journalists would say to me, oh, what's well, gone up a little bit? And I said, yeah, but it's still bearish. And so many people went to investing hell on Telstra all the way down into this low. And uh, people that bought T1, T2 and T3 are still struggling to make a profit when you factor in inflation. And yes, it had been paying a good dividend, but it's about making money. If you look at from this low here where it made this big low at 255, it made 164% right up to here into February 2015. Now, everybody that bought it through in T1, T2, T3 and bought it through here because it pays a good dividend. If you bought it back here in August 2006, you still haven't made any money other than dividends, and that's not wise investing. But is it now in a long-term bull run? And that's the question. Short term, it's bearish. So if we look here, it's, it is bearish the last couple of months. So we've had the high here, 
and it's gone down at about 16% from that high and currently it's closing higher than it opened this month. But let's go on to the weekly chart. So you can see here last week, it did have a nice run up. It opened, it gapped open a little bit, traded, closed on its high. So the interesting thing to me is it's possible and, and this is a mistake that you're making. This is not an uptrend in, uh, at this point in time. So please don't assume Tulsa's on an uptrend. So we've had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine weeks and one bar up doesn't con constitute a new uptrend. You have to understand this stock needs to unfold a little bit before it's going to give a buying signal. Um, as I was saying to Courtney, if it triggers your stop loss, exit. So this week will tell us if we get a red bar this week, then or an inside bar that closes lower than that close there. So that close there is at, uh, let me look at it, 357. If it closes low and it closes down from where it opens, um, or it's a red bar and it close, goes below the low of that, that that last week's bar, it will go below that uh, bar here, which is, I'll tell you that, it's low of 340 and it'll continue down a little bit. So don't jump early. I do like Telstra long-term, I'm talking five years plus, um, but right now you're gonna get a better opportunity, I believe, to get this stock at a cheaper price in the not too distant future. So Courtney, keep watching the stock, um, but uh, for everybody else, just sit back and wait and see because you don't want to jump too early. The next question we got is on Domino's from William Yago. Uh, he said, please, uh, DMP is approaching levels of resistance. I'm very interested. So um, levels of resistance means it's moving up to a level. So let's have a quick look at Domino's. Now, I would assume because it's meeting levels of resistance, he's, he's obviously owning this stock and looking at whether he should exit because otherwise, why would you be looking at it? Uh, I'm not really seeing the levels of resistance, some minor stuff through here, but right now I'd stay with this stock. As I said, let profits run, cut losses short. Uh, we've had two and a bit months up on this stock where the market has been, as we saw earlier, a bit more volatile. So it's looking good. We've had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine weeks up. I'd suggest it's gonna have one or two weeks down possibly maybe with the with the volatility that we might be seeing towards the end of this month, the next couple of weeks with the market going down. But that's great, that's just a breather. Markets don't, markets and stocks just don't go straight up. They come back a bit, then they move up again. I think it's probably gonna be due for one or two weeks down and it'll keep going again. But I actually don't mind Domino's as a stock at this point in time. But hey, thanks for sending in your questions. I really enjoy when you do bring some questions in and really give me some challenging questions too. You know, when you're explaining what you're doing and how you're thinking, because it really does help me educate not only you but everybody else that's watching but uh, as i said a little bit earlier stick that subscribe button down there and because it really does help us with the channel i mean you're watching this you're, you're obviously interested in the content so it doesn't cost you a cent to hit that subscribe button but it really helps us and everybody else find the channel and find out what we're doing and remember put your comments down below love to hear what your thoughts are do you own it do you not own it what are you thinking about the stock um, and happy to answer your questions but uh, as i said uh, get my book if you're a bit nervous about the market get my book it'll explain everything too and give you some strategies around how not to get caught out so that's it for me goodbye good luck and good trading thanks for listening this podcast is brought to you by wealth within a global leader in stock market education for more information on our courses or to listen to more talking wealth podcast head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the talking wealth podcast under the learning center